On this episode of AV Week, we take a look at the power of edge devices and edge processing, also chip shortages throughout the AV industry. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 506, recorded Friday, April 30th, 2021. Certifiable. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Bodio, a leading manufacturer of professional PTZ cameras, pro-AV solutions, and UCC integration systems. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Corey Schaefer from QSC. Welcome, ma'am. Hey, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Also with us is Craig McCormick from Commercial Integrator Magazine. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. And last but not least, uh, my, uh, my buddy and pal, Mr. Bradford Ben from Advisors. Welcome, sir. Your pleasure to have me as always, Tim. Great to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, a couple of, of really quick notes. Um, I was going to put this on as a, con- as a conversation piece, and you guys are more than welcome to, to comment on it, but really just more top of news. Uh, early this morning, we recorded this on Friday, April 30th, uh, ISE, Integrated Systems Europe, announced that they were canceling two of their four locations uh, in Europe, um, both in Germany and in uh, the Netherlands, uh, due to those countries' Uh, restrictions. So uh, they're still doing one in Barcelona, still doing one in London. Um, also, earlier this week, this was my first business trip uh, since COVID. I've, I've got both my shots. Uh, I got to hang out with our friends over at Crestron uh, and did a nice fireside chat with them. So you can go over to their website and, and uh, Mitchell, we'll, we'll put a link up to that. Uh, you can check that out as well. So uh, first story, though, actually comes to us from our our good friend, Mr. Craig McCormick, talking about the chip shortage. And actually, this is something a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, Chris Natto and, and the AV and the AM folks ha- had some conversations about. A, ch- a shortage in semiconductors and other materials is going to impact AV uh, quite substantially here in the next couple of months. This is a, a, a couple of different things coming together, and, and Craig, we'll start with you on this. Uh, from my understanding, not only do you have the chip shortage, and, and that is directly correlated with with COVID because you had people who were sick, factories shut down all over the world, uh, and those folks are, are slowly but surely coming back together. But you had a, a lull in manufacturing, and you also have a, a lull and a backup in the ports, depending on, on what country you're in. Here in the States, we've got two main, and I say main, don't write me letters. I know that we have several ports, but our two main ports were one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. You're talking about LA and, and New York, right? New York, New Jersey air, area. Craig, when you started going down this, and what did you discover about, you know, not only just the causes, but when do we expect to get out of this? Well, just, just to give credit, um, it, it was our associate editor, uh, Zach Como, that, that wrote this uh, this feature story. And he, he did a, a lot of, uh, you know, in, in-depth reporting, talking to, you know, distributors and, and some others with, within the channel. Um, I, I don't know that, that there was any sort of deadline or, or you know kind of date that this is going to turn around put 
put on it anywhere. I, I don't know that, that anybody kind of wants to dip their toe into the water and kind of, you know, be, be held to a specific date where, where things are going to turn around. Um, I, I think it's it's not going to end anytime soon, though. I, you know, it, it, we, you know, we're starting to see more vaccines and, you know, uh, less uh, less uh, cases of, of COVID. And, you know, th- things are starting to normalize to some degree, but, but I still think it's going to be a while before everything gets caught up. All right, Corey, from a manufacturing standpoint, um, when you look at things like shortages as well as backups and ports, how do you communicate that to your clients uh, and to and to the end users as well? So um, our ask is that uh, we just have really great communication on both ends. So them to us and their need and, you know, drop dead dates and timelines and giving us as much visibility as possible. And we're, we also are trying to give our our partners as much visibility to uh, availability. But it's a killer because um, at QAC, we've announced many new, you know, solutions that require these. We've, um, you know, we all have had, you know, such a difficult year and we want business to pick up and we want to capitalize on that. And it's, uh, I'd say the supplier team inside QSC is just having uh, multiple meetings a day with this, you know, with the global sales team, just trying to juggle and balance inventory. And I'll tell you, we will stay uh, loyal to those partners who have been really loyal to us. And although you've got new people coming in and wanting access because they're having trouble getting maybe from a partner they were loyal to, it's hard for us to make a quick switch, you know? So we, I mean, we want the business, but first we need to be loyal to you know, partners we've had established, um, already. Um, I can tell you, I have, um, my, my other half has been dealing with shortages and back inventory, you know, for well over a year in his, in his product catalog, you know, and I mean, just, it's unfortunate because all day, every day he's balancing back order and inventory and what's available. And it's really hurting the vision and long-term forecast, you know? Um, I mean, he just, they can't even handle new orders, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be a rough 2021. I mean, you know, we're, we're all optimistic because we're coming out of COVID uh, and then, and then now this, you know, so trying to get back to business as usual is going to be some time for sure. And I, but I think it comes with communication on customer side, as well as the vendor side. I'm going to ask a really, really unfair question. And I admit that before I ask you this and you can just tell me no comment and we'll move on. Okay. When you do get product, how do you decide who gets it? Like, is is it, and, and there, there's a reason I'm asking this. So if you've got an installation, let's say it's at the White House, right? And then you've got one at Bradford's house, right? And, but Bradford put his order in a month before the White House did. Does Bradford get it or does the White House get it? So uh, I'll say that uh, I don't actually have to manage those within QSC, but what I can tell you, so, so that's a little bit of my out, Tim, but honestly, QSC is mostly loyal to the partners that have been loyal to us. So, you know, small or large, high visibility, low visibility, it's kind of about these long-term relationships and we still really lean on those and it, it's really true. And so it's unfortunate to turn a project away because we definitely don't want to do that, uh, but yet it's not worth um, risking a relationship that we've had for a long time that has been consistent over the years. All right. Mr. Ben, you are in a unique position as usual, uh, but you worked for a manufacturer for a number of years. You've been an integrator. Now you are a consultant. Uh, you've also worked as an end user. So from all of those perspectives, what does this do? Uh, if you were, you know, take yourself back to, um, your, your days as an end user, um, 
you know, do you adjust? Do you start prioritizing? You know, we don't really need this room, but we really need this one. So there's a couple things we do. Uh, and I also want to point out this isn't just pro AV. This is residential. This is every market. Automotive. It's yeah. I'm waiting for toothbrushes to be impacted because so many of them are Bluetooth now to make sure you brushed enough, but you know, it's across the board and, uh, it's a challenge. So for me as an end user, obviously the, th the first thing we would look at is which has the most impact yeah. of if I have a room that seats 25 or a room that seats a hundred and they both need one amplifier, the room that get that seats a hundred, I'm going to probably prioritize that. But obviously if the room that seats 25 is my office or the president of the company's office, they're getting that amplifier. Uh, so there's that. The other thing is as an end user, you have to talk with your integrators and depending on the size of the project, you have to talk with your supplier and manufacturers to let them know what's coming down the pipeline. Uh, we went through this with uh, the reduction of hazardous substances or Rojas years ago, uh, and it's a pain. There's no other way to put it, but through the act of communication, you can kind of manage it. And as Corey said, it is a balancing act of who gets stuff and who doesn't. Uh, but the other thing I tell people is, you know, the farther out, you know, the better, but also if you can avoid it, don't design to a single product, uh, which I know some people don't like, like Corey. So I'm about to give Corey and QSC some credit here by the fact they virtualized their QSC cores. That is not as hardware dependent, but the same idea of, you know, if you need a 300 watt amplifier or a 400 watt amplifier qsc has like 20 models that'll do that i might be exaggerating so you define to that not saying i need this specific model because that gives you a better chance to get what you need now obviously with speakers and dsp sometimes it's a little more persnickety and has to be a little more precise but it's the same kind of idea of design to have options and it's a tough thing because loyalty is important uh, there are a lot of projects I couldn't have done when I was an integrator, even now as a transitioning end user to consultant without the support of the manufacturers and the integrators. So it's all about open communication. But I'll also say, and this sounds weird, it's not unheard of to have these scheduling issues. Uh, when I was a product manager. To this at another what? No, I'm about to tell you a story. All right. So. Harman had was releasing a new AVB product and to get the AVB chips we needed was a 22 week lead time. So if you want to launch a product and get, and then have inventory in stock and you have 22 week lead time, that becomes a huge thing. And then if you're like, Oh, we can ship this to you by December 1st, you better order your products, you know, 22 weeks before November 1st. And it becomes a juggling act. Uh, it's, it's obviously impacting us because so many places have become just in time. You know, 
they're only going to hold five things in stock in order because that's the better way to manage cash flow, et cetera. And that's kind of made this one harder than the transfer of for Rojas. And also because it's hitting every manufacturer just as hard. But the big thing, sorry, go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, and the fact that you know, it's been a tough year with COVID. So people want and need the business, right? So, I mean, this is just not, you know, this is just not an ideal, I don't think there's ever an ideal time, but this just makes it even more difficult. So I, I want to bring up something and all three of you feel free to chime in on this. And this is probably going to take us to where we only have two stories, which is fine. Does this situation warrant more localized manufacturing? Um, and, and what I'm getting by that is, is yes, we, we all depend on China for, for chipsets, right? That just, that's kind of what we do. Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, oh, we should bring manufacturing back or, or wherever. This is not a political statement. It's, it's more of a, a supply chain question. Is, is it where, have we gotten the, to the place where Bradford's right from, from a business standpoint, the just-in-time ordering, it makes complete sense for cash flow. And, and so you're not holding on to, to massive amounts of inventory, but that's assuming that we can get things in a timely manner. So it, or do we think that it's going to start springing up more regionalized or localized technology manufacturing where chipsets and things of that nature are made in Europe, made in North America, South America, and in different parts of APAC? I, I think a couple of things. I think, you know, it's not just in time of, uh, just in time manufacturing, just in time when you need the product, you know, et cetera, the just in time kind of fits through the food chain. So I think there's, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see more localized, um, if not manufacturing, certainly inventory. And I think every company is looking at crisis management, right? And how do we put, uh, how to, how do we spread things around the globe so that, uh, we can avoid things like this in the future? And I would, uh, on this communication with the end user, the supply, you know, the integrator and the, the vendor, we have to have communication because if a project gets pushed back, which they often do, allowing the manufacturer to know that to fulfill another customer order that might be more urgent um, would be, you know, would, would help everyone, you know, et cetera. So being able to have, you know, really uh, consistent dialogue and planning, but so, I see regionalized manufacturing, re, uh, regionalized inventory, and for us to rethink the critical parts, maybe we don't just order them when the install happens, but we think we think a little bit further, uh, a little more long-term. And I also think Corey's very right on that, but I also think there's there are others, not saying there are other solutions because technology is bad, but I still remember solid state amplifiers that didn't have microprocessors in them. You know, yes, DSP gives us a lot of stuff, gives us a lot of amplifier management, but it also means you need to have the chips to do it. And maybe there are times replacing a smart amp with a less smart amp makes sense. And sometimes that comes down to like you said, parts availability. But I do agree having chips manufactured in more places would definitely be helpful, especially for supply chain lead times. Uh, if you look at some of the large companies, they have a manufacturing facility in China that builds for Asia Pac Rim, a manufacturing facility in Europe that builds for EMEA, and then they have a manufacturing facility somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, whether it be North America or, you know, 
US or Canada or Mexico where they have a local facility to be able to do, to get that those parts faster but also to ship part the finished goods to people faster. So I think it's also going to be a little bit of a supply chain logistics issue and you know like you said not trying to get political but I do think one of the things that covid has taught us is outsourcing as much stuff as we have to overseas has at times made a country less stable on its own. And it's not just the United States, it's India not being able to get enough vaccine, Canada not being able to get enough vaccine, all of those. So while the chip shortage is bad, it's emblematic of the overall global supply chain. Um, all right, uh, next, next story actually comes, co- comes to us from AV Network. Taking a look at a new, brand new Panacast uh, line uh, from Jabra. Uh, really quickly, Jabra did purchase Panacast about a year ago, um, and uh, we've interviewed the folks that, that developed the Panacast. Now, Jabra has come out with the with two brand new Panacast cameras. One's called the 50, one's called the 20. Corey, I'm going to start with you on this. The reason I wanted to pick on this is because the thing about both of these, um, they are what I will refer to as edge processors or edge devices, right? The Panacast 50, which is a big ginormous one made for like conference rooms, it has nine processors in it, right? That's what makes this sucker so incredible. I mean, and if you've never seen a Panacast, it like has a 180 degree um, thing, uh, 180 degree uh, field of view. Um, and then it has AI built into it that'll allow it to kind of you know, zoom in and, and, and focus on the one person, right? Or the two people in the room. Um, according to, to Jabra, it'll also do people counting and then refer that back to report that back to the facilities. So if you have a limit on a conference room of like, let's say six and the, the system counts that there's seven, it'll alert the, uh, the, uh, facilities and they can walk in and say, you know, find a bigger room for social distancing purposes. But Corey, you know, are we going to see more and more of these kind of edge devices, edge processing devices that allow our AV systems to kind of, you know, continue to evolve into more and more technologically advanced systems that allow things like AI to be incorporated into, you know, our conference rooms and other corporate areas. Yes, 100% yes. And, you know, um, we're never going to go back to the way things were. And what's really cool about a solution like this that does a lot of things also automatically um, you know, end users want the systems to adapt to them, not them to adapt to the system. And that's what this is really doing. And, you know, when we get on our hybrid meetings and we see people like in a very large space, like an all hands or a training room, the fact that these will go ahead and just zoom right into the person talking and giving equality to everyone in the square that we're looking at, right? Because today when we do a meeting and I have all of you on a square, but then one of the squares is actually a meeting room, it's distracting. It's hard because you've got a group of people in there and you're not really able to zoom in on that specific, well, I mean, you can zoom in on that specific person, but, but, you know, often it's you, you program the system to do that or you manually do that, but having the system just be smart enough to do it automatically, that's what everybody, people want, people want simple and they want the system to just know what they want it to do before, before they have to ask it, you know, and being able to have equality in these little squares on our, on our computers, as we look at them will be great. Having it automatically do the count and report up so we can do the analytics. Yes, we will see. I mean, that is what we're going to see 
you know, we're just going to see a ton of innovation here in the next three years. I'm convinced of it. All right, Bradford, same kind of question. Um, don't break any NDAs. Not I won't. He, he's the one who taught me about NDAs. So, um, but give me kind of your your take on this, and as you see more and more of the AV industry, you know, evolving and, and incorporating more and more of the IT infrastructure and the IT philosophy. Several edge devices here, several edge devices uh, throughout the IT infrastructure. You know, what do you see coming down the pipeline? So I think the several edge devices is going to continue because for better or for worse, it gives each room more standalone. Uh, I'll use Corey's products just for ease of use. Uh, and they are a sponsor. Uh, there's, I can do a project. Oops. I can do a project with a 110F or with a core, a core 500. Well, if I use three 110Fs or Core 500, and I'm probably using the wrong model number because it's been a little while, they're different prices and different features. But if I have a 110F for each room, each room can still work on its own. And I don't have to worry about maintenance in one room impacting another. So I think pushing processing to the edges is going to continue. I think it also allows for incremental growth, which is good of, you know, we're going to put in five conference rooms. Now we're going to divide this one into two. So I think edge devices are very powerful. Uh, the thing that interests me is uh, twofold. One, I still use an owl because it has this technology. Put it in the center of a conference table and off you went. It was great. Uh, I also did a large meeting and we put in three pan, pan and tilt zoom cameras that were manually controlled because it was able to do the speaker and the respondent, you know, side by side. So there are some times that, you know, manual controls good. The other thing is you can do this with different brands of hardware not always just built into one. Uh, and the reason I'm pointing this out is not because Panacast doesn't make a, a good product or Jabra doesn't make a good product. They do. It's a simple hang on the wall. But you can do you can do microarrays that are steerable that talk to a pan tilt zoom camera that does a zoom in and does the right mic processing and all of that. And I think it's a, it's giving the the integrators more choices as they push more to the edge because now you can do a room solution, not a building solution. Makes sense. One thing in that story also that I think is worth pointing out is at launch, they're also certified uh, teams and certified zoom. So that's something also that you're just going to see is just, you know, uh, table stakes that new products just get the certification on launch and rollout, you know, that actually is a good point, Corey, and that's where I was going with Craig. Craig, you know, not only Java this week, but also, you know, I mentioned the fact that I was at Crestron earlier. That's one of the things that they that they unveiled this week was was a new uh, Crestron phone, uh, and that's team certified coming out of the gate. Are we? Are you seeing more and more of that, or do you feel like you're seeing more and more UC um, and soft codecs things that are certified, you know, straight out of on release, and why? Absolutely. And, and I think we're going to see more of it. And, and it's a lot of what you, you guys have been talking about for the last few minutes. It's, it's about making it simple for people, giving people what they want, ease of use, all, all that sort of thing. 
Very good. And I will ag- agree with both uh, Corey and Craig that the the UC certified products are going to become table stakes, especially for work at home people, uh, and also for small companies like Advisist. The headset I decided to buy, it had to be Microsoft Teams certified because I use Teams as my meeting platform and my phone system. So I think this is going to be a a good move all around of the more certified items. I think a Poly 50 or a Panacast 50 hung on my wall might be a bit much for just me in my office, but I can also see where, you know, having smaller items that are Zoom certified or Team certified or Cisco certified is going to become more and more uh, beneficial and prevalent. Uh, as we move forward. Well, quite frankly, it's the home office and the and the uh, in office because without the certification, they're just not going to work, right? Because it's about whitelisting and allow list on the on the Zoom Room PC or the Teams, um, you know, PC. So um, it just, you know, it ha- we ha- we have to adapt if we want to be in those rooms. Absolutely, and, and you're going to see more and more of that. In Bradford, if you don't want the fifty, you can get the twenty, which is literally the one I'm looking at because it's a lot less expensive. There's only three processors in it. So anyhow. only three processors. Yeah, only, Amazing. Only, only, only Amazing, three. Right? So this okay. is why we have a shortage. So, so exactly. So, so just really quickly, this is stupid. And, but 30 years ago, when I first started getting in, involved in AV and, and, um, in television and production and, and radio, I ran a Sony M seven camera, right. Um, which is an old ENG, you know, sucker was, that was the one that was coal fired and had the crank on the side. Yeah, coal fired. And there was probably one, uh, one chip in there, maybe. Right. Um, and now we're talking about uh, a two or $300, you know, device here. That's about the size of a hockey puck. Um, and it's got three, you know, processors that will just kick the snot out of anything else. So it's amazing. And the images are just, I mean, I mean, better than anything when you started in broadcast, Tim. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, Corey Schaefer from QSC. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you or QSC? So QSC.com, Corey.Schaefer at QSC.com. You can find me on the Twitters, LinkedIn, et cetera. And I hope you connect with me. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Great seeing you guys. Good seeing you. Uh, also, Mr. Bradford Ben. Uh, thank you, sir. How do people connect with you or Advisist? Uh, advises.com uh, or Bradford Ben on the Twitters or Bradford Ben on the LinkedIn. Uh, pretty much put Bradford Ben into a search engine. You'll usually get an interesting result. I recommend DuckDuckGo. I will agree with that. You will get an interesting result. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. Uh, Mr. McCormick, how do people connect with you or Commercial Integrator? Commercialintegrator.com or Craig McCormick or Com Integrator on Twitter. All right. Uh, thank you all so much for us, for Aviation. Go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, a couple of things coming down the, coming down the pipeline. Um, first and foremost, uh, we have an incredible event June 17th. Uh, we're partnering with the folks, uh, our friends over at Avixa, as well as SCN uh, System Contractor News Magazine um, to give you one great day of, uh, of information looking at the future of the AV industry. Uh, panels and keynotes and all kinds of great uh, stuff plus a, a virtual trade show floor so you can uh, check out that uh, on our website 
register for free um, and uh, check that out. Also, uh, you can check out our weekly uh, look at the residential industry with our buddy Matt Scott. All that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Thank you.